Thank you, Peyton. That's great. First Samuel chapter 3, please, in your Bibles. First Samuel chapter 3. If you need a handout, Pastor Yeomans is selling them in the back for a dollar a piece, and so you can get one right now. Put that toward the uh, pastor's retirement fund. All right, so it's right there. Yeah. That's right. So he ain't going very retired anytime soon. Three, four. How, how about five? Anybody give him five? All right. Good. Anybody else need one? All right. First Samuel chapter 3 is what will be in the Bible. So here in our afternoon session, we've been talking about studying Bible stories, all right, with our kids and adults and everybody, about how God works in the dark times of life. And we know that. And there are dark times of life. Life is not always sunny for us, uh, but from God's perspective, there's always light. And God is always at work. And I know times when I've flown in an airplane, when there's a stormy out, and you're down low, you see how cloudy it is, and then you, get, you break through those clouds and the sun's still shining up there, right? And that's the way it is with God. God's still working in the night hours and the dark times. And so, kids, listen now, back several weeks ago, we talked about four guys. We had four men that had a big problem, and they were outside the gate. What problem those four guys had? Who can tell me what was the problem with the four guys outside the gate? You know, James? They were starving to death. That was, yeah, that's a big problem. And they were starving to death. They also had another problem that, that was, yeah, Carly? They had leprosy, right? They, were, they had leprosy. They were starving to death. It was a bad situation. And we learned that while they were sitting around scheming, worrying, trying to figure out life, God was at work. And so as they made a move toward the camp, God had already done a miracle there. And at twilight hours, as it got darker and darker and darker, God was working in their life to perform a great miracle. And then the last time we met, a couple weeks ago, we talked about two preachers, Paul and Silas. Where were Paul and Silas in our story? Anybody remember where they were in the story? That was a couple weeks ago. They weren't in a very good situation. Carly, you got the answer? They're in jail, she says confidently. Jail, all right? And so Paul and Silas were in jail, and while they're praising and they're praying, God does a miracle. And in the midnight hour, God was working, and the end result was a whole family got saved. And not only a whole family got saved, the jailer and his family got saved, but a church was started, and, and uh, the Philippian church continued to go on. And so God was working in the twilight, in the midnight hours. God was working. Well, our story today we find a little boy drifting off to sleep in the comforts of his own bed, but God was still working. So let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, chapter number, verse number 1. 1 Samuel 3, verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Let me explain that. There's no open vision uh, means that at that time there was no prophet proclaiming the word of God at that very moment. There's no open proclamation of God's word. So we're in a different stage, right? We're in a different stage and period. We have an open vision. Unless you have a closed Bible, you have an open vision. As long as you open your Bible, you have an open vision. This is the open vision of God. You, you don't need to have dreams. You don't need to have uh, you know, visions. God has given us his word. We have an open vision that is available for us. So it's a different time period. But here, this time, the Bible says there is no open vision. Verse number two. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see, verse number three, and ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, 
and Samuel was laid down to sleep. So this gives us the time frame. As the night begins to fall and the lamps begin to go out, and so some speculate this is around the midnight hour when the, the lights in the temple will begin to go out, but sometime in the middle of the night, this story takes place as Samuel and Eli are settled down into bed. Look at verse number four. That the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here, I, here am I, for thou dost call me. And he answered, I called not. My son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not know that the Lord neither did not know the Lord, neither was the Lord uh, the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. Let me explain that a little bit. He didn't know the Lord in a personal way yet. He had known about the Lord, he had served the Lord, but did not know him in this personal way. And God had not revealed himself openly to him. Again, this is a different time period. Well, we are every week privileged to hear about the Word of God. And our pastor preached today about Jesus Christ and the resurrected Savior. We talk about it every week, and so it's a little different time period here. And so look at verse number 8. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he rose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou hast called me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And here we have a, a little boy. We don't know how old he is, a young man, and God is calling him. And, and here in the middle of the night, God found a young man that he could use. Not because he was talented, not because he had the right personality, but because he had a sensitive spirit. He had a spirit that God could use. He had the right spirit. And so we're going to talk about that today, the spirit of someone that God can use. Let's pray and we'll get to you a few uh, thoughts here from the passage. Father, I thank you for all that you do for us and how that you give us these Bible stories for us to learn. Lord, I pray for every child and adult here in our service that we would take and glean from this some truth that would help us be someone that you would call and use. Please, Lord, use us to accomplish your purpose. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Here, God found someone he could use. When I was in uh, Pensacola uh, at college there, I had a friend who was uh, a young lady that I knew quite well, and they asked her to be on the uh, representation team to go travel around, the singing team. And they said to her, we want you to be on the team. And she said, well, I can't sing very well. And they said to her, we don't care if you can sing. You have the right personality. We can teach anybody to sing. You have the right personality. All right, so that was, they said, we want you on our team because we think we could use you because of your, you don't have the talent maybe, but you get the personality. Well, God's different than that. It's not your personality. It's not your talent. It's your spirit. And so all of us are usable to God. In fact, God created each one of us in, uniquely, individual, to do something that, that the other people can't do. And so it's not about your talent or your gifting because God's made you that way. It's all about your spirit. Are, do you have the spirit of someone that God can use? That's the question we're trying to answer today. Number one, a sensitive spirit. Samuel had a sensitive spirit. In the quietness of the night, Samuel hears from God for the first time. He had not heard from God before. I mean, he had been busy in the temple. He knew about God. He had served God, but he had never heard directly from God. 
At this moment in his life, he hears the voice of God calling him. The call of God comes in a voice, and he misunderstands the voice for Eli. Three times he goes to Eli, you called me, you called me, you called me. No, no, no. And each time he misunderstands. And so he may have been confused about the call of the Lord, but he wasn't callous to the Lord's call. It's okay. We're all confused at times. At any moment in my life, you may say, what is God's will for your life right now? I may be confused about right now, this moment. It may not be super clear to me. And here's Samuel being called to the Lord. He's like, I, I got to do something. I just don't know. I'm confused. I'm going to Eli three times. I'm going to the wrong guy three times. But he wasn't calloused. See, when you get calloused and you start saying no to God, that's when you have problems. If you're saying, I don't know exactly what God wants me to do, but I want to do it, you're okay. You're, you're, you're still good. It's, it's, you're still in a good position. Boys and girls, listen to me. If you say sensitive to the, the call of God all your life, you're going to be okay. Will you always know exactly what's going on in your life? No. Your parents don't have it all figured out. Your grandparents don't have it all figured out. Nobody's got it all figured out. Only God's got it figured out. Just be sensitive to God's call. And so here we see his sensitive spirit. Every time he is called, he responds. He doesn't respond the first time and say, well, I was wrong the first time. If he calls me again, I'm not going back again. I tried it once. I tried it twice. I tried it three times. I'm out. How many people sit in churches that, that have been burned in the past? Say, I, I tried to give my heart to the Lord. I, I tried to serve the Lord, and I got, I got the raw end of the deal. If you knew what I went through, and now I'm out. See, Samuel was so sensitive to the Lord each time he responds. When was the last, do you, let me ask you, do you have a sensitive spirit? When was the last time you heard God speaking to you? God's talking to you, not an audible voice. Again, we're in a different time period, but God speaks through his word. God speaks through the preacher. God speaks through devotions. God speaks in that still, quiet voice. We had a great, great services Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning, Sunday all day with Pastor Levier. Let me ask you, did God speak to your heart? Did God challenge you in any way? Is it possible that we could have gone through that whole weekend and not heard God speak to us? And if he did, did we respond and hear my Lord? And have we done? Have you, those who came Saturday morning, have you encouraged somebody this week? That was a challenge. He, he, I think almost as clear as you could possibly say, pick a person, pick a time, pick a way. Do it, do it, do it. Have we done it? Is God speaking to us? It's easy to become desensitized by the busyness of life or hardened by the calluses of life. Sometimes we get so busy, we're not just stopping to listen to the Lord. He had a sensitive spirit. Is there, we were talking with some men this week, have you ever just sat in quietness with the Lord? Not maybe just praying to him about what you want, but asking him to speak to you about what he, he wants? Quietness can be awkward. In fact, if I stood up here and just looked at you for the next 10 seconds, that'd be awkward. Are you awkward with the Lord? Can you just sit in stillness with the Lord and let the Lord speak? Maybe that's what we need to do. Turn the TV off, put our phone somewhere else, and let the Lord speak to us. 
See, here in the quietness of the night, this little boy crawls into bed. There's no distractions. The lights are getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer, but God's at work in that little boy's heart. And I have to believe that God's still working in the hearts of our young people and our teenagers and our adults, our seniors. God is still speaking, but are we hearing? Are we sensitive to that? A sensitive spirit. God is still looking for that. So we see here in this passage that Samuel was a, a boy that God could use because he had a sensitive spirit. Number two, he had a servant spirit. He had a servant spirit. Each time he called, Samuel sprang into action. What do you need? What do you need, Eli? The Bible talks about Eli's eyes being dim. It's probably uh, uh, talking about him getting older and maybe uh, Samuel having to help him with some of the duties around the house. And maybe uh, Samuel's ear was tuned to that. Like, you know, if Eli needs to get up in the middle of the night, I need to be there to help him. So maybe that's the idea. But every time he heard something, he sprang into action. He never ignored the call, but was always ready to serve. And Eli told him in verse number 9 and 10, he said, when you respond to the Lord, respond as a servant. Look at those. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down. It shall be, if he call thee, thou shalt say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Tell God, this is, this is new to you, Samuel. I know this is really the first time God's really working in your heart this way. Just tell him, I'm here to serve you. Speak, tell, whatever, what do you want? What do you need? I'm here to serve. He surrendered for service. I, I would, every young person, every adult would come to a point in life where they would surrender their life to service. That doesn't mean you become a pastor or a missionary. It just means that you're saying, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Some of the greatest servants of God this world has ever seen have never stood behind a pulpit, have never left this, a, a country to go to another country to be a missionary. They have served the Lord faithfully and, 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 and uh, with all their heart in the place that God puts them because they've surrendered for service. And here, Samuel, this young age, when the Lord speaks, he says, Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. He became a servant of the Lord. He responded as a servant of the Spirit. Serving was a way of life for Samuel. Even verse number one tells us that he had ministered uh, unto the Lord all of his life as a child. His mom dedicated him to service, and, and she brought him to the temple to serve, to serve, to serve. It was a way of life. Hey, adults, let's teach our kids that service is important. Let's, let's set the example for them. Let's serve together with them. I, I hope that you'll find a ministry in the church that you can serve the Lord. I, I love watching the yeoman's kids serve with, I mean, being dragged around and doing this and that. And, and I love that. That's, that's awesome. I remember my, my kids going from thing to thing and, and, and uh, sometimes they were sleeping on the way there, sleeping on the way, it doesn't matter. They were just part of the church, the service. Teach our kids. Show our kids that a servant is what God wants to use. God calls his servants into greater service. And so here's a young man who's doing what he knows. He's just serving in the Lord. Uh, he's serving Eli. He doesn't really haven't heard from God. He knew about God. He was serving God, but he, then he was ready for the next step. God always calls service, servants to greater service. Would you describe yourself as a servant of the Lord? Could you, if it's just you and God sitting here in church, looking face to face with God, could you say to him, speak, Lord, thy servant here. I'm already serving you. I'm doing the best. I, I'm not perfect, but I've surrendered for service. Could you describe yourself today as a servant of the Lord? 
That's the kind of person that God wants to use. He wants to use a sensitive spirit and a servant spirit. Just say, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. One last thing. Here in this story, we find that God uses Samuel because he had a strong spirit. He had a strong spirit. Say, so what do you mean by that? Well, I'll tell you, I haven't read the rest of the story, but uh, God doesn't break Samuel in real easy. <laughs> when he says, when Samuel says to the little boy, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth, he doesn't say something very easy. He says, I got a message for you to deliver. Here's the message. Go tell Eli, big trouble's coming. In fact, verse number 11, I think it says it this way. And the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. He says, I got a message for you. It's going to make the, anyone who hears this, their ears are going to tingle. This is a heavy message. It wasn't something light. He wasn't saying like, okay, your first message, Samuel, is that uh, God is good. Go tell everybody God is good. No, that wasn't the message he got. He, the message was there's, there's judgment coming. It's heavy. And the Bible tells the story that as he wakes up in the morning and Eli is eager to find out what God had said, Samuel's not so eager to tell him what God said. But yet he stood up and he did what God told him to do. See, surrendering as a servant is difficult, but sometimes performing that duty is also difficult. Hey, it, it, it may be something to be in a service when Pastor Levier is preaching or this morning when Pastor Yeowens is preaching and have your heart touched and say, I need to do this. I, I need to make a decision. And God spoke to my heart. I need to be an encourager. I, I, need, to, I need to do this. I need to be a witness this week. I need to uh, proudly and openly proclaim the, the risen Savior. I've spoken my heart. Well, that's great. But do you have a strong spirit to follow through? So that's what Samuel did. Samuel followed through. And he gave the message. God's going to judge Eli and the family because of their wickedness. The true servant of God doesn't get to pick and choose. The true servant of God doesn't get to pick and choose. The true pastor, the true preacher of God's word doesn't get to pick and choose. There are difficult passages to preach, but we're supposed to preach the whole counsel of God. And there are certain duties. You know, at work it doesn't work that way. Your boss says, hey, I want you to do this. You just can't say, no thanks, I think I'll pass. It doesn't work that way at work. And if you're truly surrendering to the servant as a servant of God, it doesn't work that way either. If God gives you a burden, God gives you a calling, and you said, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth, and you hear his voice, and you know exactly what you need to do, it takes a strong spirit to continue through. Samuel was used of God because he had a strong spirit. Let me ask you, do you have the same spirit of Samuel? Boys and girls, teenagers, adults, do we have the spirit of Samuel? Do we have a spirit that God can use? Let me challenge you to spend some quiet time with the Lord this week and be sensitive and listen for his voice. Can I challenge you to set some time aside, turn every, put your phone in another room and leave it alone and, and just ignore all that, turn everything off and sit in quietness and silence with the Lord and say, Lord, I just want to hear from you. Your servant is listening. Here's a few verses to consider. Psalm 4, verse 4. Stand in awe. Sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. Maybe tonight when you go to bed, commune with your own heart. 
Here's Samuel just laying in bed and God's talking to him. Let God speak to you tonight in your own bed in that quietness. Psalm 63, verse 6. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Boy, sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night, you can't sleep. <laughs> all, all the ladies are shaking their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Preaching to the choir, right? What do you do? How about, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. It's the midnight hour, Lord. Much of the world is sleeping, but God is acting. God is speaking in a quiet voice. What does God want you to do? Who could you encourage? Who could you help? Who could you tell the gospel to? Let me challenge you to say to the Lord, speak, Lord, thy servant hears. Let me challenge you to be strong and follow through. Whatever God says, just do. Boys and girls, listen to me. If you will obey the Lord, you will never be sorry. You'll never be sorry. If you serve the Lord your whole life, you will never regret it. Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. We have an invitation time because it's time to be quiet. It's time for you and for me to kind of put out everything else, the person that's sitting next to you. That's why we bow our heads and close our eyes. We try to make it as personal as we can, as quiet as we can. In the quietness of this moment, would you right now say, Lord, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. Well, there may be some confusion afterwards. I mean, it took Samuel a few tries to get it right, but it's okay. He got there. His spirit was so good. Is there a longing in your heart to hear from God? Are you willing to quiet yourself this week, listen to Him, serve Him, and obey Him? It's a simple challenge. It's a simple story. But one that God gave us to challenge us. In the quietness of the moment, let the Lord speak. And you respond. Heavenly Father, we do our best now to quiet ourselves. Sometimes it's difficult. The world bombards us with things and we have duties and we have responsibilities and certainly the devil doesn't want us to quiet ourselves and just stand in silence before you, stand in awe before you. But Lord, I pray that as we do, that you would speak to us, that this church would be known as a serving people dedicated to be obedient to the call of God in our life. I pray for the boys and girls in our room today. Maybe even some too young to even comprehend all this. But Lord, I pray that you continue to work in their heart and work in their heart. And when they're ready, just like Samuel, when he was ready, you called him. Lord, I pray you called him. I pray that you call from our congregation some missionaries and preachers. But I pray you call all of us to be servants and that we would hear that and we would obey. Please have your hand upon our kids and our teens. And Lord, help us to set the example. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do in our life. Please don't stop speaking to us. In your precious name we pray. Amen.